Welcome back to Unstable and Unbridled. This is Liz. And this is Rachel. Here we are again. <laughs> <laughs> We're back in regular scheduled programming, as promised. I think so. Yeah. We're, we're doing our best. We're trying. Yeah. Do you have any updates? I don't really have any updates. I think we already talked about all the updates. Um, we're just getting ready to go to Rocking Horse 3 this weekend and have a bunch going. Um, we're starting to plan stuff for the summer, you know, talking to clients about what shows they want to go to and starting to get dates together for hosting clinics and potentially some schooling shows. What are your updates? Nothing. It's been like 30 degrees here the last couple days, so it's been nice to not have my face freeze off every time I walk outside. And the horses are enjoying the nicer weather for sure. They Yesterday, Magic was so sleepy in the sun that I literally couldn't get his blanket off. I had to just push him over and pull it off his back. Oh, Madge. He couldn't be bothered. He was baking in the sun. Yep. So, now that's all the updates that we have up here. So, I think what we want to talk about this pod is kind of leads into our horse show this weekend and everyday care for your horse, but we're going to talk all about grooming. Yay. I like brushing my horse. It, we're we're talking about grooming horses, not people. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard that's not proper. <laughs> yeah, heard that's a safe sport violation. <laughs> yeah, safe sport, no grooming. So yeah, let's just get started. Grooming is super important. It serves a bunch of functions. So keeps their coat healthy, free from any fungus or bacteria. Um, you've got the funk. It helps keep it shiny. I. Oh, yeah, the funk. It helps keep it shiny. I've had students, you know, before say, oh, well, I need to put my horse on a supplement because its coat's not shiny. And I'm like, well, do you groom your horse? Well, yeah, I brush them off before and after I ride. And so I've had to give some, like, proper grooming lessons on how to groom them up. And within even just one grooming session, they were like, oh, my gosh, it's a miracle. (laughs) So it definitely helps keep their coat shiny. (laughs) For sure. And it's a good time to bond with your horse and spend some non-stressful time with them. Yeah. And then you can get to know your horse's body and see if anything's changed. Like, do they have any cuts? Are their legs swollen? Do they have any new bumps? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's one of the most valuable uh, reasons to groom because especially if you're having somebody else ride your horse, like, I don't know if your horse has always had that bump, so it's important for you to know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So why don't you talk a little bit about the anatomy of hair follicles? So I put this in because I think it's a little bit interesting as the sort of science science friend. Um, (laughs) And nerd, eat. is that what you meant to say? As the nerd, yeah. As a nerd, is that what you meant to say? Yeah, that's code. <laughs> Science friend is code for nerd. Um, <laughs> but each hair grows out of a follicle, and the follicle itself supplies the blood. And deep inside the follicle, you've got the bulb, which helps regulate growth. So it's kind of like a plant in that way. And then the innermost layer or the core of the hair is the medulla or medulla, depending how you pronounce it, fellow nerds. Medulla amblegata. Which is made up of sort of loosely packed cells. And the um, medulla rough, roughly determines how big the hair is. So if it's thick, then you're going to have thicker hair. If it's thin, you're going to have thinner hair. 
The second layer um, towards the outside of the hair is the cortex, which provides basically the bulk of the hair shaft. And inside the cortex, you've got keratin, which we have in our fingernails and hair, and then other types of proteins that are cross-linked and give the hair strength. Um, it also contains melanin, which determines the pigment or the color of the hair. And one sort of fun fact that you may have heard before or have seen this type of horse, Acoltechies have a much smaller, even an absent core, which causes light to come through the hair and bend or refract, which is why they have that sort of special golden sheen that a lot of other horses don't have. They are beautiful. They are, yes. There's some really pretty ones. And even like the more quote-unquote plain colored ones like bays have a really shimmery coat. Yeah, like a penny, like a copper penny. Right. Yeah, chromey for sure. And then the last yes. layer of the hair is the cuticle, which anchors the shaft into the follicle or that sort of deep part. And that is kind of the layer that determines how we see their shine if they're not an acoltechi. Near the follicles, uh, you've got sebaceous glands, which we also have. Um, they produce sebum which is a natural oil, and we can thank uh, sebum and sebaceous glands for zits. Ew. So some, uh, <laughs> some peoples are more active than others, yeah. um, which I'm sure is true for horses as well. Some seem to have a more oily coat than others do. And lastly, the sort of other piece of anatomy are these little erector pili muscles, which help the hair stand up when they're cold. So... You may see in the wintertime, uh, horses will grow guard hairs, which are longer, and they sort of stand on end and provide a little bit of extra warmth. Um, these are also what, you know, give give us our kind of chills in the back of your neck. That's those little erector pili muscles. So they're fancy. When the hair stands up, that's how the horses actually stay warm. Yeah. And there is a lot of controversy, which we could do a whole podcast in itself about blanketing yeah. and um, some recent research actually just came out and showed that horses uh, natural warming mechanism and the ability of their hairs to stand up was not adversely affected by blanketing. So that's important to know because a lot of people oh. thought that when you put a blanket on a horse, it makes their hair all lay flat and they can't stand up and keep themselves warm. But a recent study I saw actually showed that was not true. So I'll find that and link that in the show notes. Yeah, send that to me actually because I want to send that to some clients. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Shedding. Let's talk about shedding. Let's talk about sheds, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So horses grow their hair in three different cycles. The first cycle is the antigen phase, and that is where the bulb produces the hair shaft. Then the hair shaft emerges from the follicle and continues to grow. Next is the catagen phase which is a shorter period, and the follicle shrinks and growth ceases. Then it's the telogen phase, where growth has completely stopped, no longer has blood supply, and will eventually break off or be pushed out by new hair. And something important to note about a difference before or between humans and horses is, unlike horses, humans do not go through all of these phases at the same time, which explains why our shedding rate is variable. Can you imagine if it happened all at the same time and your hair just, like, fell out at the same time? It'd be absurd. 
Yeah, they call it alopecia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a big bummer. So yeah. fortunately for us, we do not have the same cycle as uh, horses do. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. Especially because it doesn't, it's not like it falls out and it's all gone and they're bald. Like, right. <laughs> like those hairs shed out, but yeah, there's already new hairs growing in. Thank goodness. What if they went bald? <laughs> that would be horrendous. That'd and you just so like sad. couldn't ride them for a couple weeks because they were bald. <laughs> <laughs> that was like Hutchie one time was bald. Do you remember that? I do remember that. That was sad. <laughs> he lost all his hair to the Florida funk. <laughs> yeah, it, it do be funkin'. <laughs> yeah. So that I'm glad it doesn't happen because otherwise we would all just have really short haircuts a couple times a year and that would be really weird looking. Yeah. Although it would maybe take away some of the pressure we feel to keep our hair looking good. I know, but I just I feel like that's like my one good quality. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have nice hair, but that's not your only good quality. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Horse hairs rely on photo periods, which are determined by daylight hours. So as daylight decreases, the pineal gland in the brain produces melatonin, which increases the hair growth. And their coat changes are usually six to eight weeks behind photo changes. So in cold Minnesota, the horses are starting to shed. The days started to get longer on 1221. So here we are about seven weeks later and they're starting to shed out. And let me tell you, there is evidence of it around the barn. Lots of white hairs all over everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Shave it all off. (laughs) Yeah, if only. And... You can actually change the photo periods to alter a horse's hair growth. So this, you'll like hear about people who like keep the lights on all the time in the barn. And that's to prevent the horses from growing longer hair. Yeah, I've never tried that myself, actually. But I think it would be interesting. An interesting experiment. Although I would feel bad keeping the lights on all the time. They need some good sleeps, too. I would feel bad, too. A.K.A. my electric bill would. Yeah, right. At, at what cost are we keeping their yeah. hair short? <laughs> Seems like it would be easier to just shave them. Yeah, exactly. And you got to keep a shedding blade on hand for these important shedding periods. I like a sleek ease. I, it's like a wood bar almost. And That's it's like got a little blade. for dogs too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, I like one of those. I think it's a little easier to handle and to get on those smaller spots like on their legs and stuff to get all that shedding out but there's nothing like a good old-fashioned shedding blade either absolutely so okay we're gonna groom our horse what does our grooming session look like well first pepper assaults me at the gate for his treats oh yeah and then you quick you shovel them into his (laughs) mouth while he tromples while he tromples over you going through the gate (laughs) So I think the best place to start is with just a curry comb, which helps loosen any dirt, dead skin, shedding hairs, and it also helps increase circulation and sebum production, which is that oil that comes from the sebaceous glands. I personally like those little rubber ones that you can slide onto your hand. They have a stiff side and then a softer side, almost like little gel material, the colored ones. Yeah, I know which ones you're talking about. They're like a, they're like softer. I like um my the ones I really have liked are they're like 
similar to yours, but they're like a hard plastic. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, those are good for bathing too. Um, and yes, we do curry the legs. Yes, we do. All the gunk. Yeah, so then after you do the curry, take a stiff brush or a dandy brush and... I like to use it in like shorter strokes to like flick the dirt away, kind of <laughs> flick it away. So dandy. Um, okay. So moving on, then we use a softer brush to smooth the coat and distribute all the oils that we've shaken up, that we've brushed up. <laughs> First, the face specifically, I have a little face brush, um, that I call the Weedle brush because my friend Kristen got it for magic and he's obsessed with it. And I use that to groom his face before I ride. And then after I've ridden, then I use that to itch his face because he loves to have his face scratched. But I hate when they push into you and try to rub on you. Yeah. Nuts, so Peppa, don't do He's that. Special breasts. What's, so you call it a Weedle brush? Are we going to tell that story or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, better not. Po- named after the Pokemon Weedle. Yeah. <laughs> you could guess why if you know what a Weedle is. <laughs> yeah. So then... After that, you can brush their mane and tail using a wide tooth comb or hairbrush with the bristles, bristles, with the bristles, <laughs> with the bristles spread apart. I will never brush a tail without detangler or conditioner. Can confirm. And if you do it, I will murder you. That's true. I've seen it happen. It says it. Says it in the Many notes. Many a working so. student has lost a hand to an undetangled tail. <laughs> Yeah, I really like the Vetrolin Detangler, although I don't love having to, like, apply it with my hands because then your hands are, like, slick for the rest of the day. That's true. That is the one downfall of that. They need to get that in a spray bottle, but it's probably just too thick yeah. to do that. What do you use? I personally am a fan of Shoshin. Just old, good old-fashioned Shoshin. Yeah, that's a good one. And then, last but not least, you gotta pick their feet. Pick out their little hooves. Pick them out. I make a point every new lesson student that we have, I show them how to pick out the feet and how important it is to go from the heel down to the toe, avoiding the frog, and then using the little, I like to have a hoof pick with a little brush because I like to brush off their soles and make sure there's no bruises or obvious abscesses or anything like that. So I think it's really interesting to watch other people pick horses' feet because Everybody I found, I feel like holds the hoof pick differently. And I just don't understand how people hold it differently. Cause like I hold it. So like the hoof pick part is like down by my mm-hmm. pinky. Let's say I'm holding it with my right hand. The hoof pick part is down by my pinky and the like knobby end is up between my thumb. And then I like flick my wrist. That's how I hold it too. And I've seen people just like holding it in these weird ways. And then it takes them like 10 hours to pick the feet Because they don't get that, like, little leverage action, and I just don't understand it. Once again, a flick of the wrist. A flick of the wrist. Yeah, I can't say I've ever noticed that, but if you're doing it that way, look up some videos. (laughs) Just stop. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) find a new way. Okay, so when do you give your horse a bath? Oh, man. Well, I am in the unfortunate minority in that I have horses with a lot of white. I have two Pintos. And so I give my horses baths pretty much before every show, typically before clinics as well. It depends how well I know the clinician. (laughs) And then 
I would say during the summer, they get showers every day, but not a full bath with shampoo. So because you have white on your horses, what what products do you use? Uh, so I typically use the purple shampoos that are specifically for white. And I dilute them in a bucket with water. And then I use a sponge and a curry comb to like scrub and massage it into the particularly dirty areas. Yeah. That is primarily it. And I'll usually use that for the tail as well because it doesn't normally strip color from the darker parts. Obviously, there's no need to use it if you don't have a white, you know, a horse with white on it. But you don't need to worry about getting it onto the bay or the chestnut parts. It's not going to strip right. the hair of the color. But It's not like bleach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's really important, too, that you're not bathing with shampoo too often because that actually strips the hair of the natural oils. And when you shampoo, you've got to be super diligent about rinsing off the shampoo because any residue can dull the coat and it can actually irritate your horse's skin. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people that like to give their horses baths. If they're sweaty, you know, we'll we'll give them a rinse with warm water water depending on what it is outside and make sure we like scrub where the girth is or where the bridle was like get all the sweat off but we don't actually like soap them off after yeah. each ride when they're sweating and ideally you would love to bathe a horse before the big event a couple days because then that actually gives the skin a chance to kind of distribute the oils into the clean hair uh, that's not super practical. Magic one time literally rolled while I was hand walking him after a bath and I couldn't stop it. So that's not always possible. Um, but if you can, you know, they're, you're going to the show on Thursday and their dressage is until Saturday and you're going to be, he's going to be in the stall. You can ideally bathe a couple days before and then just spot clean as needed, but not necessary. Just helps a little bit more with the shine. Right. And Ideally, too, after you shampoo the horses, you will condition their coat right. with a conditioner. Um, especially their mane and tail. Yes. Are you loyal to any particular shampoos? Are there any products that you like? Nope. Not not really right now. I kind of just use whatever I have around. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. Not, I like my Vetrolin Detangler, and that's about it. Yeah, I'm not particularly loyal to any conditioners or shampoos. I don't feel like any of them work way better than the other i think they're pretty much all fine i mean i could be loyal if someone wants to sponsor me <laughs> yeah same if anyone is hearing this and would love us to try their products we yeah would be loyal we will then, test but... them review them and promote them assuming we like them so and now let's talk about washing white tails because i do a lot of that with all the gray bay base so i like to use baking soda and vinegar and blue or purple shampoo. So I put in the baking soda and I have like this little spray bottle that I keep the vinegar in. Well, so usually I'll wet the tail down, rub the baking soda into the tail, spray it with vinegar, and then also rub like the purple shampoo into it. Get it so it's like you have to like pull the hairs apart because otherwise you just get like the outer part. You got to like get in there and get the middle of the white tail and everything and then I let it sit for 20 minutes and then rinse it off. And with our competition horses, we try to do that two to three times a week because otherwise they just get yellow and dull looking. Yeah. 
I was just kind of, I've used baking soda and vinegar as well in the past. Um, and I was just doing some sort of online research, curious what else people had to say. And I, a lot of people said they use OxyClean. I have not tried that. I would imagine you have to be pretty careful with it because I would think it would be pretty harsh if it got into contact with their skin. But um, there's a lot of information on the internet about that. So, so if someone uses that, let us know. I'd like to hear how you use it exactly. Yeah, no kidding. Blue dish soap like Dawn also works. And we know from the commercials it's gentle enough to wash oil off of baby ducks. So. Oh, I love baby ducks. <laughs> But you have to be careful not to use that too much because obviously it strips oil off of the hair. So, yeah. What about mane and tail maintenance? Banging tails, trimming mane, pulling mane. Bangering? Banging. That's the official term. Banging. 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 If you're from Minnesota, it's banging. It's banging the tail. Banging. Banging or banging? Banging. Banging. <laughs> now I don't know how to say the word. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, when you bang a tail, <laughs> you chop it off. You just cut it right at the bottom of the dock. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> don't do that. Just kidding. Yeah, please. Please know it's a joke. So, like, the classic teaching is that the tail should be banged four inches below the hocks. I think that looks a little short, depending on the horse, but a sort of rough estimate is you can grab the tail like from between the legs and then wrap it around the outside of one hawk and then cut it even to the hawk line. That'll give you kind of a good estimate. Um, I personally am not that strict. I don't go that precise. What I'll usually do is I'll stick my arm under the dock and lift up the tail to kind of get an idea how it naturally falls. And then I'll just trim it to my liking there. And I always start with a small amount. You, you know, you can always trim off more, but you can't undo a disaster. So I know <laughs> a big whoopsie daisy. If you do that, like when your kid, yeah. Like when one of your students cuts your horse's forelock straight across. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love to see it because it cracks me up, but oh, those poor horses. Oh, they look like they got a bowl cut. <laughs> yeah, not great. I do think it used to be very popular to pull the top of the tail at the dock or to shave it. And I really think that's fallen out of style, which I'm totally okay with. I don't know. There's still quite a few people, like professionals, I feel like, that do it down here. I stopped doing it probably at least four years ago. And I just think their tails look nice without it done. Yeah, I like the way their natural tails fall. So I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that trend changing a bit. Yeah, and did you see that they banned shaving their whiskers in the U.S. officially? I did see. Yeah, I'm happy about that because that was just a totally unnecessary grooming trend. Right. So glad to hear that's gotten away. Although, if you live in Minnesota, your horse's whiskers might freeze off, which happened this year to Magic. <laughs> oh, poor Madge. But they'll grow back. What do you do to manes? So I am a traitor to my generation. I trim manes with scissors. You know, I'm a traitor to myself because I used to be, like, very, like, I'm pretty sure in my handbook manual thing that I have, it said, like, in all caps, like, do not cut your horse's mane. And <laughs> I'm a main cutter now. I'm a cutter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a lot easier. And if the horse's mane isn't super thick, it's not difficult. 
You always want to kind of cut upwards into the hair so you don't get too blunt of a bowl cut like we talked about. Right. Well, and it, it really does depend on the horse's mane. Like, like Billy's mane, he's got, like, just a wild mess of a mane. So I will pull his, and then I'll just, like, trim the ends of it a little. Yeah. Armani, his mane's pretty, been pretty thin. I'm getting it to be thicker now, but he's pretty much just been a cut. And then everything else in between. Yeah. And uh, you can also use, they have some really good thinning combs with like little blades in them that you can use. Or you can use a dull clipper blade. Those actually work pretty well. It takes a little bit of practice. So I wouldn't do it, you know, the day before a show. But you can basically use it almost like a thinning comb. You just take the dull clipper blade and kind of, you know, uh, tease up the hair and then instead of, wrapping it around and pulling it out like you would do if you're pulling a mane you can just use the clipper blade to kind of sear it at the oh. end cool there's some good youtube videos on doing that i've tried that a couple of times and like i said i don't really need to do that with magic because his mane is kind of thin but kirby has a super luscious mermaid mane and tail so i'm sure i'll need to figure out what to do with his yeah so when you're pulling a mane one sort of tip is to do it after exercising their pores are open already they have good blood supply to that area and it will hurt a little bit less yeah and I am a firm believer in the right side of the neck so like even if I have a horse that their mane falls over to the left I still pull it to the right I still braid it on the right I don't braid it even even if you pull it back across the neck the braids still are normal and they look good I guess I don't and then they're on the right side really have a preference i've never really thought about it i think mine is on the right just because that's the way it ma- his main falls but i guess i didn't i haven't ever really thought about a strong preference either way yeah i mean traditionally like for show classes and like dressage the horses get braided on the right side i don't really know why i think it had something to do with the army or being in the military Maybe. We'll say that. And well, so in that vein, if you have a horse whose mane falls one way or the other and you don't like it or they have a crazy mane that sticks up all over the place, you can train their mane a little bit, put it in braids or small little rubber banded sections on one side of the neck until basically it decides to agree with you. But um, like you said, if you prefer them to be braided on one side, it doesn't look bad if you just pull it across. So... I think that's maybe a little more work than I would be willing to do for a crazy mane, but some people are particular. Yeah, that's interesting. That's not one of them. Once I had a pony that I braided, and the pony's mane was so thick that I braided, I split it down the middle and did braids on both sides. We actually used to have to do that with Blaze, um, because he had such a thick mane, so. (laughs) That's cute. And then our last little section is going to be just some tips and tricks. We, I obviously having white horses have to um, use some spot remover, dry shampoos. So I like the absorbing miracle groom. It's like the bath in the bottle. Yep. That's good stuff. Yep. Or cowboy magic green spot remover works pretty well too. Just get the area wet. You put the product on and kind of work it into the fur brush it in, you remove the water, and then repeat as needed pretty much. And both of those products work pretty well. I've gotten some pretty gnarly green spots out using those. 
yeah, that stuff can help a lot. And like similar stuff you can use is the Shapely's touch up spray. Like in, it comes in different colors, but like you can get that in white, you can get it in chestnut, bay, black, whatever you need to touch up. Um, there's another cream like product. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a white paste and you can, I like will rub it on a towel and then apply it to the horse's legs too. And that makes them look super sharp. Yeah, I will say for sure with the Shapely's touch-up spray, if you're using the white, apply it on a towel and then put it onto the legs. Because if you, God forbid, miss with the white, you are going to have a disaster on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can also use baby powder. That's a really popular alternative to that. And it's really cheap and keeps for years and years. You don't have to worry about it freezing or the aerosol container exploding or any of that sort of stuff. So, Yeah, definitely. Another product I love is the Pepe's, I think it's called Pepe's, Pepe's Shiny Spray, and it's, like, my favorite product to use, like, once you're totally done, like, getting ready to get on, basically, you can spray it all over wherever your tack doesn't go, and all over their tail, like, I could use a whole can in a tail, and I'll have to, maybe this weekend, I'll try and do some before and after pictures using it because it's like amazing the shine that it brings to your horse. <laughs> yeah, you should. I would love to see that. The peppy, peppy mane and tail shine. Yeah. Peppy Sylvia for any of my Always Sunny fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love any shine spray. I once again use Shoshin, but I've seen the, the Peppy's stuff too, and that works really well. And it's so nice when the light catches them just right and they shimmer and look like you take care of them. It's a nice source of pride. And I do think judges notice. I think they, they notice if your horse is dirty or unkept looking. And I think it can make a difference. I agree. Overall presentation. Yeah. Uh, one other little tip I put here, too, is um, you had mentioned that Armani's mane is a little bit thin. And I've definitely dealt with some tail thinness so if you're trying to stimulate hair growth uh get mtg even though it smells like bacon it works <laughs> great uh, massage it into the hair with like a soft curry a brush your hand and it by god it works even though it smells disgusting <laughs> i think it smells good <laughs> <laughs> but i'm weird yeah I mean, it's not the worst smell in the world, but if you're not expecting it, then the first time you use it, you're like, what in the heck? Why am I smelling like dirty brunch? <laughs> well, they made that new one that's like herb scented or whatever, and it just smells like a little less bacon. <laughs> like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm all about the OG stuff. I think there has to be something in the scent that makes it work. <laughs> it's good stuff. One of the other things too that is really important is to make sure you're cleaning your brushes regularly. Ideally, you're really only using one set of brushes per horse. You're not passing gunk wow. around, but obviously that's not practical if you have lots of horses. So the best way to prevent any yucky stuff is cleaning your brushes so you can soak them in warm water they make special brush cleaner it's like a little almost like a salt packet um, anything rubber you can just throw right in the dishwasher and that works really well the sort of last thing we have in tips and tricks and this is something I always make sure I have in my show kit is baby wipes yeah that's um, a good one. like for humans you can 
Wipe down problem areas on the tack. It's not gonna damage your leather. It's safe around the horse's nose and eyes. So if they're goobery, you can wipe that off. And that's something I always have in my show trunk. And it also comes in handy if you have a bathroom emergency in the stall, which I would not know from experience, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and same can be said for baby powder if you're having a chafing situation yeah. also not from experience <laughs> right i've just heard it happens <laughs> yeah i've heard about it oh that is grooming should we move on to saddle sores it's a What's your saddle sore this week? Mine is blanket straps. So, oh gosh, I don't even know why they exist. I mean, I do. They're supposed to prevent the blanket from twisting, but the tail Tail straps work just as well. And they're not a big cluster. The horses don't step all over them. And when people have blanket straps, I swear a lot of the time they're not even putting them on correctly. So the correct way to put them on is to bring them around the leg on the same side. So if it's on the left side of the blanket, you should bring it around the horse's left hind leg and clip it on the left side. The right one should then go around the right hind leg and you intercross the two so that they're not rubbing on the horse's leg. And I see a lot of people who just crisscross them and... Then they ended up being too long. They end up falling to one side and chafing on the horse. So if you insist on using blanket straps, which I don't know why you ever would, make sure you're putting them on correctly because there is a correct way to do it. Yeah. That, I mean, I will have to say I'm usually a crisscrosser, so you don't even like me, do you? No. <laughs> Actually, what I usually do with leg straps is cut them off and tie a piece of twine on the back and make my own tail strap. That's a good little tr- uh, what is your saddle sore? I think my saddle sore this week is people who assume that you either rodeo or race when you tell them that you ride horses. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Especially with the that show Yellowstone becoming so popular, everyone's like, oh, so you do barrels. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't do that at all. And I'm not a jockey. Do I look like a jockey? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. man. What part about my mushy, tall body makes you think I'm a jockey? <laughs> no, you're beautiful. <laughs> you're beautiful. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of... Gosh, now I don't even know. I was thinking of a different song. You're beautiful, just the way you are. <laughs> Just the way you are. Yeah, you're... Gosh, we are bringing the music styling to that. Yeah, maybe we should do our intro, like us singing it, next time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like we would lose a lot of listeners. I could do... <laughs> we could do with a saddle source. Um... <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's a good one. Oh. <laughs> that is a good sore though because people do make a lot of assumptions and I would love to learn how to rodeo someday but it's just not even remotely close to what we do now exactly we'll have to follow up with Cassie on how her barrel racing is going we will yeah that was a fun podcast to record because I just didn't know so many things about the barrel world Totally. And we have some very exciting podcasts coming up. So we are going to 
encourage everybody to listen to our new podcast friends podcast. They don't know they're our friends yet, but hopefully they will be our friends. <laughs> they will become our friends. <laughs> they're going to love us just so much. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole equestrian, check them out on your favorite podcast app. I started listening to them. I've just finished their first season, which is in 2019. So I just started 2020 and we've been in contact with them. It's M- Emily Hamill and Tyler Held, and they're going to do a co-podcast with us. So we're super excited to, to record that in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. And I think it's going to be a fun dynamic because listening to their podcast, they are, we've decided basically the opposite of us in good, <laughs> a good way. <laughs> yeah, like they eat healthy and they are clean and they work out a lot. And they read books and they inspire others. And we just kind of talk about things that annoy us, a.k.a. saddle sores. (laughs) We don't like to eat healthy, but we try to. We also try to work out, but... And we're definitely not clean. We really just need some more help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely not clean. So I'm really interested to hear kind of like how they can help what I would say is people like us. (laughs) Yeah, just your average Joe Dirt. Yeah, (laughs) Joe Dirt. (laughs) That's us. So. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. And then we've got some more informational podcasts on the horizon. We have uh, our friend slash mentor slash youth leader slash advice giver extraordinaire, Jamie, who is going to talk to us about uh, making your dreams come true as an adult amateur. So that should be a really fun one and very relatable. Yes. And we're going to have a fun episode talking all about Kentucky and the history and upcoming events there. So tune in. And some other surprises. Lots of surprises. I guess that's it for tonight and we will catch you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.